0: It's time! And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I am your host, as always, Matthew McLaughlin, here back with Noah Broderick. We're going to go over our football picks, storylines, whatever we find interesting from this weekend's uh, action of football, whether that's college and NFL level but we're going to start with college just some quick storylines that you know we both found a little bit interesting here obviously the big game Clemson at Notre Dame Trevor Lawrence is out DJ Ugulele, U- 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 I don't know if I pronounced that correctly has to step in um, he looked good in his debut threw for over 300 yards I think last weekend but uh, he looked good I personally think Clemson's going to be fine and that this is going to be another game where Notre Dame chokes away a big top five ranking and just automatically plummets down the board. Noah, how do you see this game turning out?
1: I completely agree. I mean, I, I feel like we agree a lot of times when we're talking college football, but um, I was really impressed with what Ugaleli did last week. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name right, but I did watch a lot of that game. I got, they got down, and they were kind of like letting BC hang around for a little bit, but he put together some really good drives, and obviously he's a five-star recruit. He's got a lot of talent, so... I mean Notre Dame kind of tends to choke these games, as you alluded to. So I'm feeling good about Clemson in this one.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be a game that ESPN is trying to hype up to get ratings up, but that's just going to turn out to be an absolute uh, crap show. It's just going to not look good at all, and it's just going to be a beat down by Clemson. Um, but moving on, another big top ten uh, game that we saw: number eight Florida uh, versus number five Georgia. Big game for both teams. Georgia's trying to get back into the top four. Maybe if they get helped out with a Notre Dame loss, uh, they'll jump back in there. If they can squeak by this Florida team, um, but I think Georgia's defense is way too elite for Florida to really have a chance. I think we've seen, we've already seen Georgia shut down uh, potent offenses. They destroyed Alabama earlier in the season, um, or not Alabama, excuse me, Auburn. Um, They shut down Auburn pretty much. And I think Florida relies too heavily on that Kyle Trask to Kyle Pitts connection. So I think that if Georgia can shut that down, then they got this game locked up. Uh, Are you thinking the same thing?
1: I'm kind of going to go the other way. I really haven't been impressed with Stetson Bennett. And I feel like Georgia is another one of these teams that kind of finds a way to not be in the Final Four sometimes because – or in the playoff, I should say not Final Four, but those Final Four teams because they just lose – games to rivals, and um, I mean, I think Florida's been pretty good. I don't think they've been amazing. Like, I'm not that confident in this pick. It's kind of more just to go against you, but I don't think Stetson Bennett's it. I mean, every time I watch him, he's made a lot of mistakes, and uh, Florida's got a pretty good defense, so I'm just going to bet on them making some plays, making him uncomfortable, and uh, being able to squeak one out.
0: All right. Well, we got some controversy here. Okay. See how how it works out today, later this afternoon. Uh, And now, up next, we got Maryland at Penn State. Penn State obviously rebounding from a terrible loss to Ohio State. They looked pathetic in that first half. They kind of looked much better in that second half, but still a loss nonetheless. And somehow this team is favored by 25 and a half points when they're 0-2. Maryland is one on one one and one on the season. Um, I personally think that Penn State's gonna bounce back, hopefully, but I think Penn State fans should be wary that Maryland may be smelling blood in the water and they may be trying to pounce on this team that's clearly wounded from losing so much talent due to opt-outs or draft picks. Um, But this this won't be an easy win. I don't think it's going to be an easy win at all. But I think it'll be a win nonetheless. And hopefully, uh, Coach Franklin can finally get his team on track with another win in the column.
1: I can't see Penn State starting 0-3. I mean, I don't know. It, yeah. it, especially Maryland. They're an unranked team. They've got a lot of flaws. They've lost to I forget who they lost to now, but they were in, you know, a really bad game with the Northwestern, I believe it was. And they just don't have a lot of talent. That's why the spread's twenty-five and a half. If I was a betting man, I would not bet that spread for Penn State, just because I don't think Penn State's really proven that they can beat the team by four touchdowns yet. I don't know why you give them that kind of respect, but Penn State should be able to win this game. You know, I I think 14 points is a fair margin.
0: All right. Well, we're going to move to the Pac-12. Now that Pac-12 kicks off their season, I think they're playing eight-game seasons. Uh, They're kicking off, but I really didn't find any other game interesting besides this one. Stanford at number 12, Oregon. Haven't really heard much from the Pac-12 in the last few years, college football playoff-wise. Justin Herbert had an amazing excuse me three or four years with Oregon but besides that they really haven't done much playoff wise they really getting into good bowls they got in the Rose Bowl I think against Wisconsin but I think Wisconsin put a whooping on them um but I think Oregon wins this one uh they're ranked number 12 right now I think they're going to get an easy win to inflate their record and hopefully get into the top 10 do you see the same thing happening here
1: yeah. I mean, I admittedly don't know that much about these two teams, but I do know that Oregon's better at the spread, obviously being eight and a half. I think it could be even bigger. The last time that they played was last year. It was 21-6. Uh, that was September in 2019. I think a lot of returning players, obviously you mentioned Justin Herbert being the one kind of one that isn't returning, but I still think that Oregon's going to be able to, to sweep that out just because they're just, I think they're a really good program. Top to bottom, they usually are. Stanford too. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of them, but Uh, Oregon wins this
0: one, too. All right. Well, that'll be our quick college football hitters. Now we're going to transition into the NFL. Thursday night football, Packers absolutely romped the 49ers, 34-17. to Aaron Rodgers, as Stephen A. likes to say, he is a bad man. He absolutely diced up San Francisco's defense. I mean, I personally see – Aaron Rodgers as MVP candidate I think he's the lead horse so far do you see Aaron Rodgers as the MVP or do you think that Russell Wilson's going to take over
1: um I'd probably say Wilson but it's close I mean losing that game in Arizona did hurt Seattle um I think Wilson's having a little bit better of a season I mean Rodgers didn't play that well in that Viking game where Dalvin Cook ran all over him and they ended up losing a game that they should not have lost and the same thing happened when he went to Tampa Bay and they faced a really good defense. He wasn't as good. But don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Rodgers guy. I've always been a Rodgers defender. And said Rodgers is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen. And he should be in that top 10 type of tier of a quarterback. And, um, you know, he played really well. But the 49ers are so banged up. I mean, I think they had like $80 million of their payroll that was on IR or was not available to them in that game. I mean, not even on obviously on offense, but on defense too. Uh, They've been missing a lot of key guys all year, and they're just not the same type of group that they were last year.
0: So, I didn't include this on the rundown, but Devontae Adams, does he deserve our respect? Like, I feel like this guy gets underrated in the best wide receiver conversation because he goes out, he's out in Green Bay. They have no owner, they have no real representation or some big, like Jerry Jones type figure that can push them media wise or market wise. They just kind of do their own thing in the frozen tundra. Are we underestimating Devontae Adams and underappreciating his value as a receiver and really undervaluing his prime because this game showed me, I was like, dang, this dude could give Julio a run for his money or Deandre Hopkins a run for his money as top wide receiver. I mean, do you see it? Do you feel the same way? I
1: mean, this year he's like, I think he's first in yards perception and first in touchdowns. And he's always getting targeted in the red zone. He's got a really good release. That was with him out a couple of
0: weeks due to a hamstring injury. This dude's just been on an absolute tear.
1: Well, that's the thing. Health is always a problem for him. He's been in the league seven years now, and I think he's completed two seasons. So um, that's the problem with him. If you want to knock him, not like, unlike a Hopkins who's out there every single week, it feels like um, I wouldn't put him as my top receiver, but I think he's definitely top five. And you can kind of pick and choose where you want to place him in that top five. I mean, you've got Julio, you've got – Michael Thomas even though he's more of a possession receiver I don't really see him as the best guy uh, Tyree killed in that discussion too um, but I think he's definitely right up there in that first tier all
0: right so San Francisco was obviously a big storyline in this one they've had a lot of injuries like you said 80 million dollars or something like that of their payroll is on IR but a big uh, question mark is on that quarterback position is Jimmy G's health Jimmy Garoppolo he's been banged up not only this whole season but it past seasons even dating back to his uh brief stint as the starter in new england when brady was out with the flake gate he's been dealing with ankle injuries leg injuries had an acl injury and i think his first year as san francisco starter um but now the question is do the 49ers decide to cut jimmy g with a combination of shrunk cap space due to covid like will the 49ers just cut ties they've already been looking at a multiple quarterbacks they've been rotating nick Mullins and cj bathard for the most part and when jimmy g's been out there in the last couple of weeks he hasn't looked right he hasn't looked like the guy that we're used to seeing do you think the 49ers are going to move on from jimmy g
1: probably not i don't know it's tough i mean if, if they do he's going to be probably a patriot wouldn't you think i
0: i really i really hope not i really don't want If he becomes a Patriot, that may be very disappointing because that Bill Belichick will, like, all of a sudden get, like, all the infinity stones and then just, like, get players back in New England for, like, $500,000 contracts. Um, But if he goes somewhere, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, like – I don't even know who would want him at this point. Besides New England, obviously, you make a good point. Um, I don't think they're going to cut him this season – I wouldn't be surprised if, like, I saw something thrown out there online. I think it was on the Pat McAfee show he had a, he had a guest on, and it was a potential move of uh, Falcons cut Matt Ryan, and then the 49ers just eat up that contract and cut Jimmy G, which is kind of smart because if you're looking at the two contracts, I think Matt Ryan's is only, like, four or $5 million more, which isn't that expensive. Um, plus, you're getting – a guy who thrived in Kyle Shanahan's offense when he was a coordinator for the Falcons. So I don't, unless Matt Ryan becomes available, I think if it's only Matt Ryan, I don't see the 49ers moving on from Jimmy G. Um, And I think it'll be incredibly hard for Kyle Shanahan to say like, Oh yeah, you were a great quarterback. You got us to the Super Bowl, but we're just going to have to cut you. I think that's a little ridiculous. So um, I think we're both on the same page with that. I think it's, way too early to cut Jimmy G and just see how he does with a, a fully healthy season. And we kind of saw that where he took them to the Super Bowl. So now the question begs is the 49ers championship window closed because if Jimmy G hasn't stayed healthy, the defense has struggled to stay struggled to stay healthy this season, do you think it'll be just a reload for San Francisco next year? Or do you think they're going to actually try and maybe trade away some players? and try and get some uh, some draft capital and uh, try and look towards the future but not necessarily give up on the future.
1: I don't think it's closed yet. They've still got a lot of pieces on defense that are young, and um, they've always drafted well. John Lynch has done a great job there. I mean, last year we were talking about them as his team that's going to you know, be really good for the next five years. And after being four and five, having a lot of injuries and a weird COVID season, having a lot of COVID cases too, um, it feels just kind of premature to say that their window's over because they could easily bounce back next year and be similar to the team that they were like last year. But at the same time, I mean, I don't think they're going to have a better opportunity to win the Super Bowl than being up by 10 points in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, last year that's as golden an opportunity as you're going to get. It's so hard in this league to even make that game because you know you've got 32 teams and it's such a year-to-year league as we're seeing this year. There's so many new teams that can kind of come in and um, and take your place. So. I don't want to say it's over just because I think they should have a pretty good roster from top to bottom. They've got a pretty good coaching staff and front office. And when you have that, you know, you want to give them a chance. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It's, uh, it's tough because they're in such a good division, too. They've got Seattle there for a while. Russell Wilson's not going anywhere. They've got the Cardinals there, who was kind of an up-and-coming team. You still have the Rams, who, you know, Sean McVay and were in the Super Bowl the year before they were. Uh, so it's going to be tough. But I don't want to say it's closed yet. Yeah, I
0: I'm pretty much in agreement with you there. So we're going to get into this Sunday's, Sunday and the Monday night game, which is atrocious, but it's a Monday night game nonetheless. Um, first of all, on Sunday, we'll start with our 1 o'clock window games. Denver at Atlanta. I think Denver is on a roll. I think Drew Locke is feeling more confident than ever after that overtime win against the Chargers. And I think Denver could be a team that makes a little run here. Uh, in the middle of the season that could get them either back to 500 or over 500 at, at least um, I'm going to take Denver in this one I think the locker room is totally behind Drew Locke and Atlanta is just going to choke this one away if they even do get a lead
1: I'm going to go the other way um, I'm still not really sold on Drew Locke and still not really sold on the Broncos and everything that they're doing there. But the Falcons, they did beat Carolina last Thursday night. They looked pretty good in that game. They were able to win a fourth-quarter game uh, that they did not choke away. I know they've had some tack McKinley drama this week, but they've got Julio back. Uh, Calvin Ridley still sitting there healthy. Todd Gurley's ready to go. Um, And I think they should be able to stop Denver's rush attack enough uh, to be able to get off the field. And I think they're going to score some points on Denver. Uh, So I'm going to take Atlanta on this one.
0: Well, that is a shame because – I have a feeling Denver is going to win this one. And guess what? You're going to be wrong. But anyway, um, up next, Seattle at Buffalo. Surprisingly warm day for Buffalo fans, 66 degrees. This is my weekly weather game. Um, I was keeping an eye on Denver the last couple of weeks, but now we're transitioning to Buffalo because who knows if Se- how Seattle would have fared in colder conditions. But anyway, Seattle at Buffalo. I think Buffalo is kind of – They haven't looked like the Buffalo team. We saw that like first four or five weeks beginning of the season, but they're still picking up wins. They're still winning tough. And I think that shows how good this team is, is that they can win multiple ways. So I'm going to pick Buffalo because I, I trust their defense much more than Seattle's. And I think Russell Wilson is going to have a hard time carrying the offense against this team. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm going to go with Seattle. I mean, well, it's kinda like intriguing to possibly take a run at Buffalo in this game just because they are six and two. I feel like Miami might have a little bit of momentum. They kinda wanna start them off a little bit. But Seattle's just a better team. And I don't think Russell Wilson's ever had a problem playing on the road. Um, you know, regardless of the conditions and stuff. I mean, even last year in Green Bay in that playoff game, he was really good. That just the team didn't really show up as much. Um, but I'm gonna take Seattle here. Seattle's still got I think the best offense in the league or one of the top ranked offenses and we haven't seen Buffalo look like that same team that they looked like in the first two or three weeks. I'm not a huge Josh Allen guy. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to capitalize on Seattle's week secondary and pick them apart downfield. So I'm going to take Seattle in there.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to take Buffalo in this one. So a little disagreement there, but anyway, this is good. Uh, this is it's good. It's good for the show. It's good for the show. Hey, hey, content, content. That's what we're here for. But, uh, up next, a game that I had no idea was actually happening this weekend. Uh, Chicago at Tennessee. Now, obviously, Chicago has dealt with quarterback issues pretty much the entire season and even dating back to last season. Questions were circulating. Would Chicago go back to Mitch Trubisky at some point? I don't think that's going to happen. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, I think insiders such as Dan Graziano have, have saying, like, yeah, Chicago's past Mitch Trubisky at this point um i think Tennessee will bounce back with a the win they're coming off of a terrible egg against uh Chicago or not Chicago Cincinnati last weekend they lost to Cincinnati i think by 10 didn't get a single sack on Joe Burrow which i don't know how that happens when you sign Jadavion Clowney as your big offseason acquisition um and i think Cincinnati started like their backups pretty much but uh Chicago i'm not trusting that offense I think it's going to come down to how low can they keep the score against Tennessee. And if Chicago can score like maybe 17 points, then they'll be in a good spot. But I don't see that happening. I think Tennessee's defense will be uh, much more focused and much more charged up to like avenge that loss last week. So I'm going to pick Tennessee in this one. Do you see it going the same way or do you see things going differently and Chicago somehow squeaks by?
1: Not nah, the same way. Um, I really love what Burrow's done. I think Cincinnati's been a really tough team to watch, or tough opponent for, you know, these good teams to play because they're not scared. And Burrow just never looks phased in any of these games. And uh, the Titans just had a clunker. It was kind of a trap game. I think they bounce back. I still think they're a really good team. And Drey done a great job with them. And, um, you know, I'll take a better coach and a better quarterback in most matchups. And that's what I think you have here. All right.
0: See how that game goes. Hopefully tennessee backs us up and actually gets a win but they lost to cincinnati so who knows um up next we got baltimore at indianapolis i think this is a really interesting game and a stat that i saw courtesy of um i don't know where i got the stat from but i saw it online and the ravens have never gone into indianapolis and won in indianapolis in their history ever so that was really interesting. I'm not saying that this is going to – that trend's going to continue this week. But it was a really interesting stat that I th- think, you know, caught, caught me by surprise, definitely. But uh, we're going to see how Lamar Jackson handles this Indianapolis defense. DeForest Buckner has been an absolute stud for Indianapolis. He's been getting pressure pretty much all year, getting his way to the quarterback. Um, and I think if they really don't have Des Bryant yet, that passing game is still very weak. Uh, and I think Indianapolis is capable of shutting down Baltimore's rushing offense. So I'm going to take Indianapolis in this one. What are you thinking?
1: I wanted to take Indy, but I just can't bring myself to bet on Phillip rivers or take Phillip rivers. It's really hard unless he's playing an inferior quarterback or a really bad team. I usually just pick the other team when teams are pretty evenly matched. um, in other in terms of defense and offensive line and skill positions and everything like that. So I'm going to take Baltimore very hesitantly. I mean, I think that's a real thing that you outlined, but there's also no fans. So I don't know if it's as big of a deal. Um, it's The Colts should be able to stop Lamar Jackson in the air. I mean, they have stopped a lot better, you know, downfield passers this year already, and they've got a very good secondary. And Frank Wright's done a great job with that team, but I don't know, just coming off a loss to the Steelers where they were really competitive in that game and they are pretty close. I feel like they're going to be pretty pissed off and they're going to want to win and uh, they'll just do just enough to, to be able to squeak one out on the road.
0: Well, Ed, both teams are pretty banged up. T.Y. Hilton is listed as doubtful for the Colts. Mark Ingram is listed as doubtful for the Ravens. Uh, Jimmy Smith also questionable for the Ravens. Um, so injuries could play a big, big part in this game. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts because I think they have a balanced a balanced enough game plan where they don't have to. Rivers knows that he doesn't have to throw 50 times a game to win. And I think Frank Reich understands that in order to get the most out of Rivers, they're going to have to take the load off of him and uh, rely more on a good rushing attack, which I think they've done. It's good enough where defenses have to respect it, but it's not necessarily going to be like, um, you know, Cleveland or like any other top rushing teams in the league. So Up next, in the weekly pretty much slaughtering of the week, we have uh, Carolina going into Kansas City. I think this is pretty much open and shut. Christian McCaffrey is back for Carolina, but I don't think it's going to help them much. I think it's going to come down to Carolina's defense if they have any chance at all, but their defense is pretty bad. Uh, They're still rebuilding, and I think Kansas City is going to get an easy win here. The only question is, do they score over 40 points or not?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to add here. The Chiefs are a way better team. I'm not a huge believer in running backs, you know, impacting team success. I think Mike Davis did a fine job for them, and it really just depends on how the offensive line plays and how Teddy Bridgewater plays. And that pick that Bridgewater threw into triple coverage was so bad against the Falcons in that game. I don't know if you remember that, but, um, yeah, the Chiefs haven't really looked like that dominant offensive team yet. I feel like they've been good, but not like dominant. Um, They might have a game where they put up 45 this weekend, I can see. it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I think Kansas City has looked more human than normal or what we were expecting, but they're still Kansas City. They're still playing at a high level. They can get into the playoffs healthy, get that number one seed. When they're healthy, then they're pretty much at least a lock to go pretty far in the playoffs, in my opinion. But nonetheless, we're going to move back to the NFC. The Detroit Lions going up against the Minnesota Vikings. This will be a pretty ugly game, in my opinion. Um, I do not believe Matthew Stafford is active for this one. Um, I think he's still in question because he still has to go through NFL protocols. Um, But nonetheless, I think Minnesota is going to win if Stafford doesn't start. Um, But I think that... Uh, It'll be a pretty ugly game to watch for fans because these teams are pretty mediocre, if not very bad. So um, I don't think it's going to be close. Well, if it is close, it's going to be ugly to watch. So I think Minnesota gets this one. I think Dalvin Cook will continue to just run wild on this defense. And I think that Minnesota is going to grab the win here. Are you thinking the same thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of these games is probably going to be one of our worst football weekly podcasts just because these games suck and I don't really want to talk about them <laughs> that much. I mean, they really do. I'm, I'm looking at the rundown right now and it's just getting worse and worse from this somehow. So, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, I think Minnesota will win. You know, the Lions have had some drama this week, you know, with Matt Stafford's wife, you know, getting upset that people are blaming losses on him and then he has yeah. he's on the COVID reserve list and just got a lot of stuff going on there. Minnesota did play well against Green Bay a couple of weeks ago. So, I'll take a run at them, but it's also hesitantly. I mean, I'm not a, a Viking fan or believer, you know, so.
0: Yeah, pretty much in agreement with you. This, this was not the best quality of games. There are some good ones, but overall, it's a pretty ugly slate. And it only, like you said, it only gets worse because now we're going to talk about the Giants at the Washington football team. Uh, Washington is favored by two and a half. The Giants put up a tough game against Tampa, which nobody really expected. Do you see the Giants going to two and seven on the year? Or do you think Washington is going to go to three and five, which pretty much sums up the NFC East so far? I hope Washington
1: wins. I mean, I'd rather get the good draft pick, but I think the Giants (laughs) are going to win. I just think the Giants, they have a knack for beating them. We always beat them for some reason. um, And that will hurt our draft pick. And thus that's going to happen. So, yeah, I'll take the Giants. No analysis, just that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I – this game is like I, – I almost hate to pick it because both teams are so bad it could go either way. And, like, you would probably look at the score and think, like, oh, both teams put up, like, 20-plus points. So it was probably a very good game. No, it was just because both teams are very bad and you probably hate to watch it. So I think that this game is going to be really ugly. Not a game that you're probably going to want to watch if you're into football and good football, quality football. So – yeah, not going to be a good one, um, but nonetheless, I'm going to take Washington because, like you said, they always find a way to win, and I think Washington is healthier than New York, I believe. Could be wrong, and I'm not placing my trust in Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator, so I'm, I'm going to take not- Washington. <laughs> yeah, I mean, New York is just a – both teams are a mess, but I think New York is more of a mess. They just got to stock up on a offensive lineman going into the draft and just – every draft pick just has to be a lineman or someone that can contribute to the line and blocking. But anyway, moving on another pretty bad game, Houston at Jacksonville, Uh, Deshaun Watson and Gardner Minshew face off for the second time uh, this year. Now this will be a pretty ugly AFC uh, South matchup. Um, In the last meeting, Houston won 30 to 14. It's their only win on the season. Uh, I think that Houston should just try to blow it up and just actually start from the ground up if they're going to move with a new coach anyway, new coach and GM anyway. And I think now is just the time to just start trading off pieces and see how you can build around Deshaun Watson. Um, But in this game, I'm going to take Houston still because I think Jacksonville has as untalented as Houston is and talent deprived as Houston is, Jacksonville is even somehow even more talent deprived they somehow have worked much less talent than houston um so i'm gonna take the texans here i think deshaun watson pulls out some heroics to get the win
1: yeah oh i agree it i'm just looking at something like the defensive and offensive stats and somehow houston's better in like every category even though they're both one and six uh so usually i'll just take that team i mean i, I i'm just not the jaguars just they they might be worse than the Giants and the their football team. I mean, I, the only team that is worse than the Jaguars in terms of talent is the Jets. So I'll, I'll take yeah. Houston. But this is another terrible game, and I mean they really keep getting worse. I and mean, we're gonna talk about the Monday night game, but these games are just so bad.
0: <laughs> this is like the worst football week we're gonna have. Yeah, this is a pretty bad week. I mean, thank God the Eagles are on bye this week, so I don't have to stress about it. Um, but moving on, we're gonna go out west. Uh, he the Oh, my God. The Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Chargers. Uh, Derek Carr versus Air Bear. Chargers had another blown lead last week uh, against Denver, and they somehow lost that game. Uh, I think the Raiders Raiders either won last week. I don't know why I don't know that. As the show's host, I should probably know that. They won. Oh, that's right. They won against Cleveland. It was 16-6 in, like, 30-mile-per-hour wins or something crazy. Um I think the Chargers are going to bounce back and I think they're going to get a win. It's at home. So it's going to be good conditions. Um, So I think Chargers get a win pretty much pretty easily. And I think that the Raiders are going to struggle and be that inconsistent offense that we've seen in the past. Are you going to go Raiders or Chargers in this one?
1: I'm going to take the Raiders. I just think that they're in a position where they can make a run for the postseason and the Chargers really aren't. And, um, I think they've done a good job. They're inconsistent, and don't get me wrong. I'm not a, I, I, like I wouldn't see them winning a playoff game on the road, but I think that they could go into LA and beat the Chargers. Like I don't think this is like some really tough task for them. And I just think they're a little bit better of a team. That's why they have a better record. and That's why they're in position for the playoffs. I know the Chargers have lost a lot of close games where you know they've been in position to win. And they probably should have a much better record than they do. Um, I think it'll be a close game. I just think the Raiders squeak it out just because I think they need it sometimes teams just need games and they find ways to win regardless of how it is, if it's ugly, if it's, if it's great, you know, whatever way it is. So I'll take the Raiders, but it's, it's hesitant. I mean, all all my picks this week, I don't really have a great read on the games and I feel like they're really tough matchups to predict because they're a lot of similar teams, you know, for good or bad, but uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll take Vegas.
0: The Chargers, all of their losses have been by like single possession games. So well, they could the easily, <laughs> Well, the the Chargers could easily be like 5-2 and at least, but I think there's been bad luck combined with uh, shortened offseason, kind of hurt them, came back, but we're going to see. I think I agree with you that the Raiders are in a position to make a run for the playoffs, potentially get that uh, that seventh or sixth spot now that the playoffs are expanded. Um, I think they could make a little bit of a run here, but I think the Chargers are going to – send them to four and four on the year and at least stop their playoff run for one more week. But in another trash game this week, we have Pittsburgh at Dallas. Now these are, I should have clarified before we got into these games a little bit, The the Raiders and Chargers game is the late afternoon game. That kicks off at four or five Steelers at Cowboys kicks off at four 30 um, Pittsburgh at Dallas. I think this is pretty much a lock. Dallas looks atrocious. They're starting Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush, one of their practice squad quarterbacks, uh, which goes to show you the state of the Cowboys in 2020 season. Um, and Ezekiel Elliott was limited in practice with a hamstring strain. I think the word, I think what can go wrong will go wrong for the Dallas Cowboys, and it's just an accident waiting to happen. So I think Pittsburgh has this one locked up pretty easily. You feel the same way?
1: I'm happy that Dallas is bad, but I'm not happy that they're bad in this fashion just because, you know, they lose back to that awful injury and it's just that their games are uncompetitive. I mean, that's something that game last weekend with the Eagles was so terrible. Like just the kid just was making so many <laughs> terrible mistakes, you know, holding on the ball hey, way it too was an long. U- and,
0: it was an ugly win. It was a win nonetheless. It was ugly, but we got the win no matter what. Whatever.
1: Fair fine. But <laughs> Cowboys is, you know, probably the two two biggest franchises in terms of fan bases and history and sport um you know, you know the right up there with green bay green bay too it's, a, it's like it's a a matchup that you'd want to watch on a normal in a normal year but this one's pretty unwatchable. i think the Steelers could win by three touchdowns i mean they're a way better team
0: i wouldn't be surprised if like Pitt, pittsburgh's offense like gets on the field like once or twice this game and the Steelers just throw pick six – or not the Steelers. The Cowboys throw just, like, pick six after pick six, and the defense just stays on the field the whole game and just absolutely jacks up their stats this year – this week. Because this is a game where they could – T.J. Watt may just hit double-digit sacks in this game alone. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. (laughs) Like, it may just be – it's going to be a slaughtering, I think, nonetheless. But um, moving on to an actual, like, kind of exciting and compelling matchup. Tua against Kyler, we have the Miami Dolphins going into Arizona to face the Cardinals. I think this could be a really good game. I think Tua hung in tough in his debut. Um, He didn't necessarily put up eye-popping stats, but um, he looks solid in this one. And I think that as much as I would like to say that, like, the Dolphins somehow make a magical run to the AFC wild card spot, I think Arizona has played even better and they've been much more consistent. Plus, they have DeAndre Hopkins, and Buda Baker has been an absolute beast on the defensive side of the ball.
1: So I think Arizona wins this one. What are you thinking? I'm going with the upset here. I'm going with Miami. Um, I really love what they did last week. Their defense was phenomenal. Their special teams was really good. They didn't get a lot out of their offense, but Tua got his feet wet, and uh, they were still able to win pretty comfortably. And I think that Arizona, like, I just don't know if they're a 6-2 type team yet. I mean, I'm not really that sold on them. I like what they've done. I think they're a good team. They're going to make the playoffs. But I could see them having a trap game like this where they just, you know, they face a lesser opponent, but they're kind of a team that believes they're really well coached. They're not going to make a lot of mental errors. Brian Forrest has those guys locked in. They're not going to commit a bunch of stupid penalties. And they're just going to play their game, and it's going to come down in the fourth quarter. And I could see Tua just – Driving down the field and doing something great, and you know, being all over Sports Center and Bleacher Report and everything like the next great quarterback, kind of like that real hype that probably won't be deserved, but will still be there for him. I can just see that happening. Um, so I'm gonna take Miami in an upset, but uh, if the Cardinals win this game and they get to six and two, they're looking at a fairly easy schedule the rest of the way. I mean, I still have to play San Francisco, and I, I, I think if they get to six and two, you can pretty much lock them into the postseason because they're gonna find a way to get nine or ten wins.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't argue with you on that. I could definitely see that happening, too. But I think Arizona's on a roll and that they're going to keep rolling here. Uh, Sunday night football game, easily the best game this year – or not this year, this week. Uh, New Orleans at Tampa Bay, rematch a week one. New Orleans won the first matchup. Um, now they have Mike Thomas back. Uh, Tampa Bay's rolling. This could be two Titans clashing. Tom Brady looks absolutely like he's 25 again, um, which is scary. I really don't want to see another 20 years of Tom Brady winning Super Bowls again. I already dealt with enough of that in my life. Um, So I'm personally thinking that new Orleans is going to win this one. I think they're focused. They're locked in on winning a championship. Uh, As much as Tampa is rolling, they've racked up some wins. I think they've been against pretty bad teams and, I think if any team could figure out Tampa Bay, it's going to be New Orleans. And I think Michael Thomas would be a huge boost and that breeze will just sling it all over the field to him and uh, get get them at least a couple touchdowns. I've
1: got Tampa. Uh, here, look, they've got AB. They've got Godwin back. And I think that they didn't play a good game against the Giants. They're still able to win. I think they're definitely going to play better this weekend. And the Saints, it's just it's a road game. I just don't know if I believe in them yet. I mean, Drew Brees' is arm strength's a real problem, but we really haven't seen it rear its ugly head in a in a game that they need to win. And having Michael Thomas back is going to help him a lot. But I just I don't know. I have a gut feeling about Tampa, but I'm really excited for this game. This is the one game I'm going to be locked in on and watch the whole thing because it's it's really intriguing. And you got Brady in prime time, and Tampa's defense is legit. And it, it should be a good one. But I'm going to take Tampa. But I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be close. It's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see Antonio Brown back on the field. Um, And I hope he makes a big impact because I think he deserves to be in that conversation of generational wide receivers and hopefully he can get his career back on track and hopefully get another 10 years or so in the league. And uh, hopefully this will put him back on as like a, you know, the guy that everyone knew that he was. And, uh, but I'm still going to New Orleans, but it'll be, like you said, it'll be nonetheless exciting and uh, we're both going to be locked into watching that one. Uh, so Monday night football, probably the worst game ever. New England Patriots at the Jets. The Jets are the Jets. Adam Gase is still a stooge. They still stink. They don't have a win. Even for New England, who's two and five, this should be a pretty easy win um, if Cam Newton. Cam Newton has to limit the turnovers. Um, it's going to be it's gonna be an ugly game to watch, and I don't see if you do watch it at all. I don't know why people are going to be watching this game, but uh, I think New England's going to win this one uh, pretty easily, and I think Cam Newton's going to have a big bounce-back day on offense. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, sure. For <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to watch <laughs> it. I don't care. This is, like, the worst game of the year in prime time, I think. So, um, <laughs> yeah, New England wins. Bill Belichick's not going to lose to the Jets. He's not going to lose to Adam Gates. But it's going to be boring, and there's not going to be—you're not going to remember this game in two weeks. So,
0: fair enough. Um, just to wrap up this week. This weekly wrap up of football. Gentlemen's bets. Do you have any gentlemen's bets? Because I've got a couple.
1: I do not. I actually do All not right, look well. at the spreads too like too closely. I mean, the one that I like is Miami plus four and a half, just because that's kind of a you know a, a game I'm picking to be an upset. But that's it, really.
0: All right. Well, fair enough. I'm going to have to carry your Yeah. I'm going to have to take over your own segment. So, anyway.
1: Um, Next week, yeah, i my, fir-
0: <laughs> my first bet is the Monday night game that we talked about. It's going to be terrible, but this is pretty much a lock. New England minus eight. Uh, I would hammer that. I think that's going to be an easy win for New England. I could easily see that being double digits, at least. I think that's a lock. Uh, and... Should be a pretty easy one for Belichick and Newton to grab that one. Second bet, Pittsburgh, minus 14 and a half. Hammer that, hammer that, hammer that, hammer that. This is going to be like a three-touchdown win for Steelers. I think Roethlisberger is going to feel like he's 25 again, and he's just going to be slinging it all around the field uh, to his receivers, to chase Claypool. I think James Conner is going to have a big one. Uh, Just absolutely gash this Dallas defense who has played absolutely atrocious. Um, But um, I would not be surprised to see uh, Pittsburgh just absolutely lay the smack down on Dallas here. And I'm going to take an over under for my last one, Baltimore versus Indianapolis. We said it was going to be a pretty close game relatively, uh, but I think this is going to be an offensive game uh, and, the over-under is currently set at 48. I would take the over. I think that's going to be huge. I think both teams are going to hit 30-plus points. Uh, so I would t- hit the over on that one. Uh, so hopefully these all hit, and hopefully I'm we're giving you guys some good gambling advice and helping you guys to earn some money. So um, <clears throat> that will be it for this week's wrap-up of our football action. I am Matthew McLaughlin, as always here with Noah Broderick. We thank you for listening to us this week. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms as well as podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, Your subscription and follows mean just as much as you actually playing the episode. Uh, thanks again for listening, um, and I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day, and hopefully you enjoyed this one. So...